Today is April 4th, 2021. This is episode 143 of Maelstrom Radio. Maelstrom Radio. With your hosts, Flattis and Shinder. And welcome everybody to Maelstrom Radio. My name is Peter. With me, uh, well, Shinter's not here, but uh, I have an uh, old friend of the show, uh, Saferoth's here. Hey, Safe, how are you? I'm doing fantastic and loving that you're still using the same icon for me on here. It's good. It's real good. It should be. <laughs> um, well, today... Uh, Quentin's still uh, out and about <laughs> on on duty, uh, you know, special assignment. Uh, he's just enjoying some time away from uh, uh, home, and and I don't blame him, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> so uh, as soon as he gets back, we'll you know we'll be back uh, with with both hosts here. Uh, but as always, we carry on, and I'm gonna talk about my week as we always do here. And my week has been Monster Hunter Rise streaming, which that game is great. And uh, I, I like the addition of Palamutes, uh, and it's a it is a good Monster Hunter game. It is very good. I like it. Uh, you know, if you have a Switch, go get Monster Hunter Rise. It is very good. <laughs> that's my recommendation. Is just go get that game. It's very pretty, very pretty game for a Switch game. Uh, probably one of the best looking games they've they've put out uh, from a third party. I should say not not like like a non Nintendo franchised game. Like the RE engine in in Switch is, well, it's it's Chef's kiss. It is very good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, go get it. It's uh, and you know, Susan and I streamed it on Thursday in, in lieu of uh, Diablo. And uh, I will say, uh, we killed uh, we killed our monster, and uh, I stayed up a little late after the stream to do some story stuff, and it's fun. It's a it's a great. <clears throat> it's a great Monster Hunter game. Uh, I played some ESO today. Uh, started the breadcrumb quest for the new expansion, um, which I got into. Uh, I like the way they handle quests in ESO. It's very... You could tell Xenomax... I, 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 and I say this playing other Elder Scrolls games. Xenomax handles that game very well. Like, <laughs> like I can tell what Xen- Xenomax is doing and they, they do it very well. Uh, and that's not to say anything bad about Bethesda. Uh, it's just like how Zenimax handles questing in an MMO is very smart. Uh, so good on them. 
Uh, and then the, some of the biggest news is uh, I got a dog. I, I adopted or rescued. I guess rescued is rescued slash adopted a dog yesterday. Uh, we've we've named him Poe. He's uh, we don't know what he is. Uh, they said Dachshund, part Dachshund and Terrier. Uh, he could quite be a corgi and like a basset hound, some little basset hound there. I don't know. He's very cute. He's very potatoey. Uh, I love him so. <laughs> uh, and uh, and you know we we are planning to do the choose your own adventure uh, part two. Uh, it was supposed to be this week, but unfortunately, like I said, Clinton isn't here. Uh, but Safe is here, and Safe, how how has your week been? So before I go into my week, I just want to say yeah. that the term, I love the term rescue for pets. Yeah. Because one, it makes you sound way cooler than you actually are. Yeah. And that's important because you should adopt animals. Like mm-hmm. going to breeders is, I don't, I don't think that's the best go-to, quite it's, frankly. It's not. And so I'm just picturing that you like jumped in front of a car and like suplexed <laughs> the car over this dog and then pet it on the head. And, like, yeah, we're going home together, you and me. Yep, that's that's exactly how it happened. That's exactly uh, what happened. I believe yeah. it. I believe gonna, it. But look it up as a uh, brown bear in Indiana, <laughs> in middle of Muncie, Indiana. <laughs> Steve uh, oh, goes train. Goes. Li- <laughs> go, I'm not living in Muncie. I live in Indiana, uh, Indianapolis proper. That's where we. Oh, thank God! We rescued that dog from Muncie, so that should make you feel even better, <laughs> dude. Dude, I used to live up by Laporte. That whole region is the biggest shithole ever. <laughs> don't don't drive any further north. Indianapolis is like the only thing in Indiana that isn't dog shit. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I haven't driven through northern Indianapolis to get to Chicago. Uh. And Susan agrees wholeheartedly about Northern Indy. It's, it's, once I got to Muncie, I was like, this is just chain restaurants. And like, and what I think people think fancy restaurants are, uh, there was a lot of things I questioned about Muncie. There was like, and I, I know it's per state in your area in our, in our, in this state, but people without masks in certain areas, I'm like, how are you getting away with this? Like, like I know certain stores have their own guidelines. Uh, which is nice to see, like like PetSmart when we went to go buy the dog, like food and stuff like that, like had a mandate. You must wear a mask. But the gas station I went to was very hit and miss. I was like, oh, just why? <laughs> I, I wish that there was any level of care where I live, but like that's not even the things that I'm like give a shit about as far <laughs> as like the place being a shithole. I kind of just gave up on like this whole country – everywhere people are bad yeah so like fuck it at least the only silver lining to this is that now the people that are dickheads are like insanely obvious about it they mm. literally are just like showing you like they're yeah. wearing on their face i'm an asshole or, because or, there's or nothing lack there. thereof. yeah i was gonna say or lack thereof uh and it, like and I got an update about Florida. And I was talking to my brother the other day. He's like, oh, yeah, everything's just open here. Like, like things have, like, it's like the restaurants never closed and they're packed. I'm like, well, how? How is this okay? Like, how is that? I'm like, of course, but it's, it's Florida. It's like, it's run, it's ran by Skeletor. What do I, <laughs> all uh, right. So, speaking of evil, bad things, uh huh. And my week, um, I, 
I feel the need to confess something. Oh boy. Uh-huh. So I am someone who it's really easy to get me to do things if you know the very specific triggers that I have that you can manipulate me through. Yep. And when I use this term, I don't mean triggers in the trauma sense. I mean triggers in the sense of you're doing a fucking scenario editor in Age of Empires 2. Okay, yeah. All right? Um, so the problem is it's really easy to get me to do things when X thing has certain thing in it. Like, I will watch... You can get me to watch basically any anime if you show me a scene that has a really fucking cool Iajutsu thing. And okay. like, that's all I need. That's all I need. You've got me for two episodes, guaranteed, no matter how terrible the rest of the show is, if you have that. That's Fair. the rule, right? Mm -hmm. So, I have discovered that there is a game that has absolutely everything I want in a video game in this moment. Okay. But there's a snag. Oh, no. So it's Persona 5 Strikers. Okay, yeah. Which is a sequel to Persona 5 that came out on multiple platforms that Persona 5 has not and very well may never come out on. All right, fair. Yeah, that's like, true. More than a year after its initial release, which was Japan only, which everything about this just baffles me. None of that matters, though. What matters is that it's a Warriors-style game. I use Warriors as in like Dynasty Warriors, Samurai Warriors, mm -hmm. all of that. That has an Iajutsu character and a punch character. And so I've decided that I should probably play Persona 5. So I got Persona 5 Royal after spending since October trying to get a working PS4. Yeah. After Lightning fried my last one's entire power supply. Um, and... One, I really like Persona 5 quite a lot. Two, this game doesn't stop. This this already has felt like I've played two games. Uh-huh. And, and I'm not even halfway through. It sounds accurate. <laughs> Very accurate. And three, boy, I I feel kind of annoyed with myself for not starting this sooner, but also see aforementioned reason why I didn't. Mm-hmm. But I just the reason I feel the need to confess this is because I've had a lot of people say, "Well, like, how? Why do you like the Warriors games? Like, why is that a selling point? Because people don't get it. People don't get it." Um, Chili's asking in the chat if I found someone to date in Persona Five. Uh -huh. Chili, uh, when I played Persona Three back in the day, I just did whatever the fuck I wanted, and I ended up missing out on like half the social links in that game. So I decided that for Persona 5, I was going to follow a day-to-day 100% completion guide because otherwise I would miss something cool. And when I played Persona 3, I lied and I said, I'm just going to do all of the fucking whatever I don't do on the first run. I'll just do that on New Game Plus, right? Oh, and then yep. I did not play New Game Plus. So I was honest with myself and said, I'm not going to play New Game Plus of this game. So I'm just going to... I'm just going to do the 100% completion thing in one run, all one go. Yep. So that's the plan. And that's been going all right so far. Uh, I will be fucking absolutely everyone this game allows <laughs> me to fuck. <laughs> there are no waifus in this game so far that suck. Not one. Not one. They're all Persona great. three had like four waifus that sucked. And then you also had like Mitsuru, who's the best. Yeah. 
But and then Persona Four was Persona Four. Who cares? But Persona Five, you have nothing but good waifus. Hey, yeah. we have nurse who's hot as shit. That's the first one, and yeah. it only goes up. Yeah, and they started off at A tier, just went to S tier instead. It's not. If, if you had told me the goth waifu, the goth nurse who's fucking cool and talks shit on you all the time, mm-hmm. is gonna be one that is your least favorite, I would tell you you're a liar. <laughs> and here we are. I love Tay. She's great. She's she's fantastic. In any other video game, she would be the best. But I'm getting yelled at by a weird, crazy shogi player, and my fucking teacher showed up in a maid outfit, and yeah. like, fuck, dude. Yeah, yep. I'm just like, sleep on my couch. Yeah, it's great. Fuck yeah, let's do it. I mean, and, and add that to the banger soundtrack. <laughs> it's a great game. <laughs> I think only one thing I don't like about Royal, and it's that the combat theme is different when you do ambushes which yeah, i'm is. told that that's not the combat theme that was in the original game present and that you hear the original game's combat theme when you do a like regular combat that's not an ambush mm-hmm. that did and, change that's great and that sucks because i quite like the ambush theme but it's not near as good as the insanely good random battle theme with that fucking violin just out the gate yep oh it's amazing mm-hmm. And I, I haven't found a way to make it so that that's the one that always plays. And when you fight, you pretty much always want to go for an an, for an ambush. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, it's what an interesting complaint to have about a game is the sole I, complaint. I, I, honestly, about a game. that's the complaint. <laughs> I mean, that's the like the least like if that's the only ding you can give it. That's not it, that's a mark of a great game. I mean, it's for, for fair. Like Persona Five is a great game. It's just a great game. It's really good. Uh, it's yeah. really good. And it's surreal to me that I'm playing it so that I can play a Warriors game. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But I mean, like, I have a CD case, like a really fucking huge CD wallet, right? Like one of those where there's four discs per page. Yeah. And it is literally overflowing with PS2 and PS3 games. I have an, an additional overflow case that the games I don't like as much go into. And I have five pages of that thing are Koei and then later Tecmo Koei mm-hmm. Warriors games. So <laughs> sounds that's they made a lot. Dynasty Warriors 2, Dynasty Warriors 3, Dynasty Warriors 4, Dynasty Warriors 4, Empires and Extreme Legends. Five mm-hmm. Empires and Extreme Legends. Warriors Archie, Warriors Archie 2. Fucking Samurai Warriors. The only fucking game that I could never get my hands on in all of this bullshit was like the actual for real samurai warriors too. I could only ever get my hands on the fucking extreme legends and the empires and shit. And that's so crazy to me. And also I want to point out that is the real reason that is the real ass reason that I love digital purchases because there's so many fucking games that I remember the days of the PS2 era when you'd like call the GameStop and be like, hey, can you call every other GameStop in the fucking state and tell me if anyone has Disgaea? Yeah. That, that uh-huh. shit sucked. Yeah. Yeah. I worked Disgaea. I worked at GameStop and I remember people calling me like 
like and it was very specific groups of people. It wasn't like the moms coming in like looking for like Wii games and stuff like that. You know, uh, it was very specific people asking me, "Hey, do you have uh, this like rare, like hard to find Disgaea game, or do you have uh, Persona three or four? And like, like I was like, "No, we don't. Sorry. Like this store might have it. Like they say they have one in stock. I mean, I can't ask them to put it on hold for you, but here's the number. <laughs> Good luck." <laughs> Yeah, so. no, that shit was all. That shit mm-hmm. was all hell. Oh yeah. wait, oh Tecmokoe. Yeah, Chili. That's fucking radical. That's so fucking cool. Uh, for the audio listeners, uh, Chili in the chat says that he got to do an interview with the guy behind one of the uh, Muso titles, the Warriors games. I, I refuse to call them Muso uh, consistently because that's not what they're called. And sure, that's what they're called, but that's not what they're called. Come on. Come on. Chili says, I got the interview with Akihiro Suzuki. Oh, shit. That's fucking baller, man. That's awesome. If you ever get to interview him again, uh, can because <laughs> that'll happen. He's just going to come back. Uh, if you ever interview him again, can you tell him something for me? This is going to make no sense to fucking anyone listening to this podcast, but it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I need you, Chili, if you ever get the chance, I need you to tell him that just make everything, 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 like fucking Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Just give every <laughs> single game. Oh, right. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's why. Yeah. He left when it was uh, Tecmo Koei, didn't he? Because like, I think Warriors RG3 was the last one he was on, wasn't it? Yeah. Because that was when that fucking series... So now all the best Warriors games are games that aren't made by Tecmo Koei or don't have the fucking mainline series on them. Like, fucking Age of Calamity is the best Warriors game that I've played. Has fuck all to do with anything in that series. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And and canon to, you know, Zelda now. So Sure. Have you played it? No. You should, I, really, <laughs> unironically. I probably should... But uh, I, I need to play other games first. <laughs> I mean, I would recommend waiting till the DLC comes out anyway. Okay, um, fair. Because here's what happens. Here's what happens, right? Uh, I pre-ordered the shit out of Age of Calamity. Actually, no, I didn't pre-order it. That's right. I did not pre-order it. And I did not plan to buy it before the DLC was going to come out. And then a friend of mine bought it and wouldn't stop talking about it. And I went, fine, fuck it, fine. And I bought it. And I beat it. And I spent the whole time I was playing seeing an incredibly obvious going-to-be-playable character. And I was like, all right, I'm going to keep going until I unlock this dude. I cannot wait to unlock this dude. Like, da-da-da-da-da. And then I get through the end of the game, and it's like, what do you mean he's not playable? Because <laughs> some games, some games, the DLC is really fucking obvious. Mm-hmm. Like, you're talking Devil May Cry 5. It's a Devil May Cry game that was released after Devil May Cry 3. Of course there will at some point be a playable Virgil. They always have a playable Virgil. It's always in the special edition of the game, right? Yep. But in fucking Age of Calamity, it goes so over the top with it. Because like there were people like, I don't know if there's going to be character DLC. And it's like, alright, well there's four characters in that game that have in-game models, that have in-game splash art, that have in-game lore entries, that have 
all of this shit. They have in-game voice acting. One of them is a boss fight that you fight like seven times in the first half of the game. Oh, it's fucking ridiculous. And then they have the nerve to be like, oh, well, this is not playable. And it's like, listen, motherfucker, there are lore entries uh, in this game. This game has like an in-game gallery and glossary and what the fuck ever, right? Um, and there's lore entries for every single playable character, and every single playable character has a portrait. There's lore entries for several characters and things that do not have portraits and are not playable. And then there's lore entries for four specific characters that are not playable but have a portrait. And it's like, motherfucker, I can see that you didn't give portraits to the things that were definitely not going to be playable, and you did give portraits to the things that should have been playable. Like, it. I think genuinely what happened after looking at the rest of the fucking Warriors series and, like, all that shit, like, especially with Hyrule Warriors, yeah, I don't think that they went in expecting that they would be DLC. I think they went in expecting that they would get into the final game. Because the story even feels like it's written around the idea that they're going to be playable. And then, like, one of the characters, they have to, like... They really bullshit their way around, because uh, I'm talking around because spoilers. Yeah. Uh, but they really have to bullshit a way that a certain character isn't playable. Because there's it would otherwise make no sense at all that that character isn't playable. So, like, they imply that the character died? Maybe. And there's, like, this whole thing where other characters... Like, it, it just feels like there's missing dialogue and missing parts of cutscenes where they like went, shit, we don't have time because of the bad things that are happening. We have to fucking, I guess we just chop these four. They're just gone. Even though they have in-game models, they have in-game movesets, uh, people data mined the fucking voice lines. So it really feels like it must, it would have been like a week. If they had one more week, it feels like they would have been in the game. Probably. And it's like, that, that sucks, man. That sucks. So I beat Age of Calamity, I beat the story of Age of Calamity, and now I have like 40% of the game left to go. And I actually stopped right there because I was like, there's going to be DLC. This character specifically is going to be playable. When this character is playable, that is when I will keep playing. Because if I do everything in the game before that, then I'm going to unlock him and then be like, well, shit, what do I even do? Uh, you mean what you, what you can do? wait <laughs> yeah exactly and that is why right now my uh discord status is that may 27th 2021 is the age of calamity dlc yeah uh i mean they knew what they were doing <laughs> and uh, isn't there going to be multiple packs for dlc or are they going to try to just do one dlc drop and that's it so it's one pack but it's being split into two parts and if you buy it, you get both parts. But the first one that drops is the four characters that fucking I knew. I knew what those four characters would be within a week of playing that game. Like, it's so obvious. And I was not surprised. But also, they're the four I wanted. So hooray, thanks, grats. That's what I wanted. Thank you for giving me what I wanted. And then in October, they said they're going to add map packs? It was really vague. I don't know what that means. It could mean any of a variety of things. Uh, if it's like Hyrule Warriors, the original one, then it's going to be a shit zillion content that's like fucking enormous. Um, or 
is that like the for, I remember from the first one it was like they were kind of like old like Legend of Zelda maps that you had to kind of fill out, right? So they had adventure mode in yeah. the original Hyrule Warriors, and they were all styled to look like old school Zelda, but like I, I have gone back and played a lot of the original Hyrule Warriors uh, Definitive Edition on the Switch, and boy, those don't, those aren't good. But then you get, like, the first two suck. They suck a lot. And then you get, if you can get through them and get to what comes next, they actually start being, like, fun. <laughs> and it's really <laughs> surreal. Sounds, I, I sounds think... accurate. Sounds <laughs> Sounds like that's what they intended. See, I don't know, because like I've again, I played like Fire Emblem Warriors, right? Mm -hmm. Which came out after the original Hyrule Warriors and before Age of Calamity. Uh, and I want I want to point out this as well. Age of Calamity is not like Hyrule Warriors. I am convinced the only reason that it's called Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity or whatever uh, is because they needed people to know that it wasn't just like Breath of the Wild. And that's it. Right. There's no connection. There's no mechanical similarities. They work completely differently. Like, Hyrule Warriors has its own little unique mechanics that set it apart from any other Warriors game, and none of those are in Age of Calamity. None of those characters are in Age of Calamity, and no character that's in Hyrule Warriors even has a gameplay analog in Age of Calamity. Because even characters that appear in both, it's not the same version of them, and they play completely different. Like, is it because Age of Calamity is uh, according to Nintendo canon to the Legend of Zelda timeline where the original is not. Because I wonder how much I... more Nintendo had their hands. Like, since the first one did so well, I wonder how much more, like, Nintendo... Because that seems like like Nintendo's MO with some things. Like, if something does really well, they, they'll, they like, oh, let's let's tie it in more. And and then they put their, their hands into it and be like, all right, you can do this, you can't do that. Like, I feel like that's kind of what they did with this one. I don't think that that's the case, having beaten the game. But also, I don't really want to go into it further. And just I want to say that everyone should play that game. And if you liked Breath of the Wild and you liked its story and you wish there was more of that story and you liked the characters and you wished there were more of that style of like character writing, you should probably get Age of Calamity. Uh, because... As far as story goes, it may be one of the best Warriors games, um, for sure. But, I mean, those aren't usually, like, incredible in the story department anyway. But, you know, it's, it's good. It's really good. I would recommend it. But also, uh, I, I think that they called it a prequel to, Age of, to, uh, sorry, to Breath of the Wild to get people to buy it. I don't I don't think that it's necessarily part of the Zelda timeline. <laughs> I thought they said it was. They, said they was sure canon. did. I, th I thought they said it was canon to it. They sure did. They sure did say that. But also I think that they lied a lot. Pro I mean that's probably correct. I mean like you know the Zelda timeline's very strange. So, I mean, they can easily say, well, this is part of the timeline, but in this weird arcing, like, if this happens, this happened situation. So. Well, well, I mean, another part of it, too, is, like, some of the shit that happens in that game is just completely patently absurd. Like, you, you've played Breath of the Wild, yeah? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So those fucking centaur motherfuckers mm. are an absolute nightmare, yep. right? Uh, do you think that the punk ass Link that got that got his ass beat in the backstory of the original um, fucking Breath of the Wild? Like you, you've seen the cutscene. You know, you know he's not he's not all that in a bag of chips. Well, uh, do you think that it also makes sense that he murdered like thirty of those things at once? No, but you know, gameplay story. I mean, I, the rule is that if it happens in a cutscene, it happened, and it, if it happens, happens in gameplay, yeah. it, didn't. it didn't. And the yeah. shit that happens in cutscenes is like this is not this is not the link that we were told. <laughs> we were told, been. yeah, this isn't the hero of time. <laughs> well, this isn't the punk ass bitch of time. This is the ass <laughs> of time. Fair. Dude, the uh, whole fucking story of Breath of the Wild is like, man, everyone in this team kind of it, like sucks, and we're not sure that they're going to be able to fucking do it. Like fucking Zelda's anxiety over, I don't know that my powers are going to work. Uh, Link is like not good enough to live up to everything, and the pressure is fucking pushing, weighing on him terribly. No one's totally sure if this is even going to work at all, right? Like that's the whole thing with with uh, the backstory of Breath of the Wild, and then. Yep. Like, you know, you find out, well, it didn't work. That is not an Age of Calamity. Age of Calamity, there's no fucking question. These people are all ridiculously hyper-competent. <laughs> fucking Zelda is playable. And do you know what she does? That she just whips it? out her fucking Sheikah Slate and starts whipping people's asses with the spells in it. Perfect. And that's the unique. That's one of the two unique mechanics in the Age of Calamity. By the way, every single character has access to the Sheikah Slate, and they all use its powers in different ways. And there's like some crazy tech you can use that shit for. Like, hey, this boss isn't weak to whatever shit I have with me, so I'm just gonna put it in stasis while it's fucking open, and I'll just do that. And the game won't tell you that you can do that, but be smart, figure it out, you do it. And like, also another thing I like is they very clearly said, we're going to fucking nail the art style of Breath of the Wild. And boy, did they. It looks exactly like Breath of the Wild. There were points where I went from playing Breath of the Wild to playing Age of Calamity and then back and forth between them. And like, it's really disorienting because they look exactly the same. And it seems almost the same at certain points in certain ways, right until you try to climb a wall and you're like, all oh, right, I can't do that. Or right <laughs> until you're fucking trying to mash out combos and Link swings his sword twice and then eats shit. Yeah. It's like, right, I can't just ride my shield as a fucking combo attack. Yep. I I know that Nintendo's taking, like, weird risks with their IPs. It's like uh, when they 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 were like, the guy that created the, the Rabbids was like, hey, I would like to use uh, Mario and Rabbids combined, but also want to make it like a strategy, like XCOM type game. And Shigeru yeah, Miyamoto was like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I, I think it's indicative of like, with the Switch, the Switch itself is an enormous risk. And I think yeah. that's probably part of it, is they've hit this point where the Wii U sucked. Like, I'm not saying it was bad as a purchase, I'm saying its performance was terrible. It was, it did nothing for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the biggest flops in the industry from a company that didn't just immediately give up or die. Yeah. Um, but like the whole thing with it, I think is that they took that and the lesson they took from that is 
We're just going to try every single crazy idea everyone has, and something will work. Yep. I think that's why they did the fucking stupid forced scarcity shit with the Mario collection. Um, because someone said, hey, what if we try that? And, like, I, I think that's, I genuinely think that if you look at every single decision they've made regarding what games they've been making, what games they've been releasing, how they've been approaching doing those things, all of it makes sense if it's just viewed through the filter of no one is totally sure what the right thing to do is, so they're trying everything to see what works. I True. I feel like that's very true. They, uh, they've made some weird choices. Like, I, I feel like the scarcity thing was so... I, I, scarcity with an end date, too. Like, hey, it's scary. Now, for sure, they're like, hey, digital's gone. If you want a retail copy, they're there until they're gone, and then we're not restocking. That's it. Uh, and if you downloaded the game, don't worry. Like, you can still have access to it. It's still on the store page. You just can't, you know. And I tried. I was like, I went. I I have uh, Mario 35, the little free-to-play, like, battle royaler that they made. And I was like, I'll, I'll, I tried logging in on April 1st. I was like, this is, like, the, like Mario is dead. Like, <laughs> because that game was legitimately fun. And, like, I I can see why they didn't want to support it past the time frame because unlike like for like tetris 99 there are parts of it you can buy and you know if you want to buy like much like any other kind of battle royale game there are like things and people will spend money for like skins and stuff like that and maybe they just didn't want to take that much effort into it although i'm like people i mean for mario people would have spent the money easily you know, to skin up the the side panels and like, but I, I guess like Tetris, it changed the music. Like, all right, cool. You can buy a, uh, like a Animal Crossing skin for it. And that sold because, you know, it worked. And like Chili saying Cat Mario skin, Luigi Mario skin, uh, special limited edition Mario. I, I think part of the problem, Chili, it wasn't the, the skins on Mario. It was the... Like, because the gameplay, like, you needed to make sure that, hey, you saw how your character, unless they did it in such a way where it's like, you know, you what's power up you got and stuff like that. So, like, it, it's hard. Like, I'm trying to figure out how they could have it added, like, ways to monetize that. And I don't think they could. So they're like, it's just a free thing and they can bring it back whenever and update it. I mean, will Nintendo try to monetize it? Maybe. See, I don't even mean that. I just mean like the fucking oh, the Mario collection, mm-hmm. and then the Fire Emblem one too. Like that's just egregious, man. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they did it, the same thing it, with the mini consoles. They 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 were like like they're gone. Like that's it. You can't get them ever again. Like so. and and like yeah, that also sucks. But also like I get that that was like a limited edition promotional release. But digital, you're fucking saying like this thing is not available on the digital store, the yeah. digital version, like. At that point, it's literally just Nintendo sending out a fucking press release going, hello, scalpers, we love you. Yeah, essentially. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Exactly. I, what it I'm is. not a fan. Now that I've spent like 20 minutes pimping Age of Calamity and saying everyone should buy it and play it, I'm not a fan of Nintendo's decisions <laughs> regarding Mario, clearly. I'm someone with very consistent beliefs and standards. Speaking of consistent beliefs and standards, yeah. I've been playing League of Legends, and that <laughs> was a mistake. Uh, yeah, usually it is. 
So I, I've been talking to a friend of mine recently who I, he's been my friend. He is literally the friend I've had the longest in my life consistently. It's 15 years of friendship. It's great. It's awesome, right? Uh, he found out I've been playing League of Legends and he didn't understand why. He was just outright like, you're the only person I know that plays League that isn't a piece of shit. And most people I know say that they played League, they loved it, they hated it, they hated playing it, they quit, and it was the best decision they made. And it's like, all of these things are true. <laughs> the thing to me about League of Legends is that it is an insanely toxic community by virtue of there being a shitzillion people that play it. And I think the prevailing mentality around its community, I think League of Legends is fascinating and there needs to be sociology papers written about it. Um, I could write an entire goddamn 20-page paper, if not more, about how fascinating it is that the different League of Legends Discord server communities that are main, disc like the Reddit r slash character main, Yep. servers they all have their own official discord server sounds each right of them, each of them has a radically different culture from all of the others and it's fucking fascinating and i would love so much to just go on a deep dive through all of fucking 156 or whatever of them and just compare and contrast all the differences because there i would I want to pick this community's brain and figure out what the fuck is causing this. But that's not even, that has nothing to do with why I play. I just think it's amazing. Because the thing with League is it's the biggest goddamn video game in the world. And it has been for the longest time. And blah, blah, yeah, whatever. Fortnite got more views on Twitch. Blah, blah. No one's playing million, no one's playing like consistently having their own fucking million dollar professional Fortnite League teams. You know? Fair. That is true. I mean, that is very much true. They make bank, but they don't. They've made, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, there's so much about League that baffles me and fascinates me, and I love and I hate. And it is such an incredible game and an incredible experience that I don't actually recommend anyone play. It's like professional wrestling. There is so much amazing about professional wrestling and I love everything there is about professional wrestling except the act of sitting down and watching wrestling matches. I think that's terrible and a mistake and you shouldn't do it. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Like nowadays, yes. I, I, I remember when I discovered that wrestling was on uh, Twitch and I sent you the link and I was like, this is all like really rather backyard or like the lowest of low end where it's all nothing but storylines even the matches are storylines <laughs> yeah and that's great to watch <laughs> so so with league right one of my favorite things one of my favorite things is how utterly lacking in self-awareness every single level of that community is everything everything from the bottom to the top all of it they completely lack any kind of self-awareness about what they're doing and what they are so you look at the fucking professional level play, right? Mm -hmm. You look at, they have all these promotional stills and everything. And it's like, these motherfuckers out here trying to make esports look like boxing. Not like football, like boxing. So they mm -hmm. have like these photos of these 
fucking nerds that all of them look exactly the same. And I understand the irony of me calling people fucking nerds, but hear me out on this. These are some fucking pencil neck dweebs that look like they should get shoved in a locker. And I just spent 20 minutes talking about Warriors games, and I'm the one fucking saying that, all right? These are like the lamest looking people, and all of them are either the exact same white guy or one of three Asian guys. All of them. (laughs) The only two, oh, sorry, there's two variants of white guy. One of them is scrawny white guy who looks like he hasn't eaten in 20 years. And the other is fat white guy who looks like he's been eating all the food from the other white guy to, to gain his powers and steal his place in the hierarchy. And that's it. They, they all, they're all the same. And they try to do these like intimidating photo shoots. And it looks so fucking funny to me because they're trying to be like Mike Tyson or like anyone like that. Like these people are out here like, oh, well, I'm going to look like Muhammad Ali and be like, you are never, ever going to be Muhammad Ali. And I think that esports have a place and should be considered like an actual sport and all that. They should get the same level of respect and attention, but they're not the same thing. You can't. You're not, I don't buy it. I'm sorry. I don't think that this scrawny bull cut motherfucker with glasses the size of fucking magnifying glasses is intimidating. I'm not going to buy it. If he's, if I ran into him in an alley and a mugging happens, the odds aren't that he's mugging me. <laughs> they, I remember uh, during one of the BlizzCons where they hyped up an Overwatch League match and like they did the same thing where they had like the teams like do face-offs and they were trying to pit like certain players against against each other and I believe it's where the meme comes out where the guys come out and they have to do like a like a I'm I'm putting my squaring up pose and each one is just funnier each like none of these None of these people have been into a real fight ever. <laughs> like you could tell by the way they're holding their fists up and stuff like that and like looking tough. I'm like, n- like you're not scaring anybody. You're not scaring anybody at all. Like anybody on the stage, like not even your opponent. Like if anything, your opponent has to do the same thing and you're both making laughing stocks. And then we wonder why like esports are not being taken seriously. They're making them do this. <laughs> they're parading so, them out there. So here's my proposal. Here's what they have to do to make esports good right? Here's what they have to do. Stop trying to be football and boxing. Mm -hmm. Start trying to be wrestling. Yes. I want the fucking League of Legends team that roll out in the looking like they're rejects from the Matrix. I want the people that look like they belong in Johnny Mnemonic with their cyberpunk ass hair, with their fucking trench coats and their fingerless gloves. That's what I want. I want the people that come out dressed like cowboys, fucking 10 gallon hats and spurs, fucking I that's what I want. I want the stupid ass gimmick teams. That's what I want. That would be great. That would be amazing. I don't give a shit about fucking Cloud Cloud 9, I think, or fucking any of these other teams. Yeah. I don't give a shit about that. I want to see fucking Hacker League. I want to see fucking Persona 5 cosplayers on stage right now. They can take the gloves and the goggles and shit off when they actually sit down to play. That's fine. You do that in wrestling. You don't wrestle in the fucking trench coat and shit. You throw that to the side. Just do it that way. Just do it that way. 
I I I agree. I think that the you know who does you know you know what sect of esports does do that and does it well is the the fighting genre. Like, oh, dude, so is not esports. Oh, it's not. You're right. It's not. But they should learn from it. <laughs> yeah, esports needs to rip off the FGC, man. Mm-hmm. Fucking where's Sonic Fox in the League of Legends? Nowhere in tournament league. They huh? talk mad shit going into fights. Mad shit to each other. I, I and it's you, great. It's the, that's why Evo is so fun to watch because you can hear them like talk shit before a match to each other, which is so much fun. Like they're like dead staring each other, like they're about to, because it feels like an actual boxing match or a wrestling match. <laughs> so, and Chilean Chess is, and Sony now owns FGC, which may change. The, I hope it doesn't change I, the way things go not, down. That's not real. That's not real. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, safe. I found something, and it, it's robot wrestling from Japan. And it's a real thing where people like it's remember robot wars where people built like giant robots to battle each other in like arenas in America. And it was sick as hell. Yes. So in Japan, uh, the Japanese are in the year 4072 and they're already uh, remember Big Hero 6 where the little brother like had his little wrestling uh, robot that he would do back alley matches in. They have that. That's a real thing. Oh and <laughs> that exists. That exists. <laughs> That exists. And they all have like personas. One of them was like a little luchador robot. <laughs> okay, you need to send me this later. You need uh-huh. to send me this later. For you got sure. it. I'm watching this as soon as we're done here. Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Susan's right. There was a pageantry and everything. There's like, <laughs> so, it's so good. Chilean oh. is trying to tell me that Sony bought out Evo about two months ago, but like Evo's not the entire FGC. Come on now. Come on. They. Sony doesn't own the Capcom Cup. Sony doesn't own the Pro Tour. Sony doesn't own the Montreal crowd. That's for fucking sure. Sony doesn't own the Chicago crowd. No one owns the Chicago crowd. Nobody owns that, that. And that's And that's the difference. I that's, think that's the Meatball the Cup. <laughs> Can't mess with the Meatball Cup. <laughs> I, you laugh. That Chicago crowd is rowdy. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. I know it is. ECW shit out here. Thank God no one's yet asked for a chair in the middle of a fighting game match. <laughs> but, like, the thing that kills me about it, the thing that kills me about it is, like, I just now, like, I, I think I know what it is. I think I know what the problem is. Because uh, people in the chat are saying, like, uh, it's because a lot of the management in uh, fucking esports are real sport, air quotes. They, they are. Yeah, they people, are. People that couldn't manage it, fucking managing a football team so they're managing a fucking esports team here's the thing here's the thing i think the core difference and what makes the fgc special and why i don't ever want the fgc to become esports is because people can talk a whole lot and pretend a whole lot about how like league of legends is this game that anyone can go pro in right and it's like what's the what's the fucking wall of entry to join a fucking pro League of Legends team. Well, first off, you have to be one of the absolute best players in the entire world. Second off, you have to get scouted from that and then join a team that goes on to win some kind of invita- like fucking qualifying tournament. And like, it's so ridiculous how many layers you have to get through. And you're thinking about that, and it's like, all right, well, first off, like you have to be able to pull forward plane tickets out to even attend these tournaments because they're all done in person, right? 
And there's layers and layers and layers of these tournaments. And you're not allowed to just open entry into these tournaments. First off, you have to even be scouted by a team that's willing to take a risk with you in the first place. And then in order to do that, you have to be one of the absolute best players in the entire fucking world. Like, they're not going to recruit anyone that didn't hit the fucking tier challenger, which is the top 0. I think it's 0.01% of players out of a game that has 90 million registered accounts. Yep. Um... And it's like, it's fucking ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. So it doesn't even matter if you're like really good at League or you have like some kind of crazy strategy that no one else has seen before, which happens. That does happen in League. Um, but it doesn't matter if you have that because what's going to happen is you're going to be playing it in a public game and it's going to get picked up on and then relayed because there's people whose entire job is to just watch what people in the live servers are doing and then relay that to pros and be like, all right, we're going to incorporate this. We're going to do that. We're going to try this, right? So, like, you look at Evo, fucking, you look at fighting game tournaments. There was a tournament, I wish I could remember the name of it, where, like, three dudes from Iran flew out and dominated the entire fucking tournament for Tekken. Because it turned out that where they hung out, there was just a Tekken 7 cabinet. And so everyone has, like, the eight hours a day where you're bored as shit, so you just play Tekken with the boys. Can't do that. <laughs> Can't do that anymore. Yeah, I, I no mean, for that with League of Legends and things yeah, like that. There, you, you there is it, yeah. It's like all of them orig originate from PC games. And I think that's really what the thing is. It's, it's like StarCraft to PC, fucking Counter-Strike PC, League of Legends, PC. And it's because there's this layer of elitism that inherently exists if the barrier of entry is owning a PC good enough to do this, having a good enough internet connection to do this. Like, all of these things. Like, yeah, no, nowadays, it's not that hard to get a machine that can run this shit. It's not that hard to have an internet connection that can mostly do this all right. But that wasn't the case 15 years ago. No, it wasn't. And and I remember, you know, young me was playing in a Tekken 3 tournament in Florida. And... Being humbled, I you know I got pretty far, but I was humbled. Like later on, like I was like, all right, well, I I I had a skill set, uh, and I my skill set stopped at a certain point. So, <laughs> and but you, it is a lot like of like you know like shit talking and heel turning and like how the crowd like reacts to certain people and it, it, it's crazy to watch. It it is so it's like night and day difference of what they want esports to be and what FGC is. Um, I, I, I think we're both in agreement that FGC is, uh, you know, it's vastly superior yeah. for the audience. And like my, I think my favorite thing in the FGC is uh, lost soul, who is this fucking guy that until 2019, like rip the fucking 2020 tournament circuit. But until 2019, I hadn't, heard of this dude and then i see him and it's like i don't know how familiar you are with the guilty gear scene but guilty gear exists like the, the guilty gear tournament scene is japanese players that's it like that's what guilty gear tournaments are the same two people have won guilty gear at evo for the past eight years okay <laughs> it's the same two guys and they're always the last two in the tournament and the top yeah. eight every single year is nothing but Japanese dudes. And then Lost Soul walks up. This dude who lives in fucking New York City 
fucking talks like he's from New York City. Hypes the crowd up. So I was watching the Evo live stream of the top fucking 32 of Guilty Gear last year. Or sorry, 2019. Yep. Uh, for Guilty Gear Xard. And this dude walks in playing a ranged zoner character like a rushdown, fucking destroying everything around him. And it was so over the top that you're watching the stream. They don't mic the players on the stream, right? There's no mics on the stage. There was no... It's not like they handed him a mic and let him shit talk to the fucking live stream viewers. Um, but this dude out here yelling, fucking posturing around looking like a wrestling star and he's killing it as he's doing this and it was so over the top this dude hit third this dude hit third after being a no one that no one had fucking heard of anywhere he hits third in xard and then he takes guilty gear or sorry he takes uh dbs dbfz at a smaller tournament later that year he fucking goes number one on a tournament he's never showed up in before fucking stellar and he was so rad and his hype was so good that they're recording the live stream commentary from a soundproofed room and you are hearing in the background of their commentary the crowd just yelling <laughs> so good and the instant the instant they do the finals and he's he's been knocked out he's he comes in third the instant he gets knocked out the crowd's just back to like yeah, whatever who cares? Who cares? It's not Lost Soul. It's the same two guys as always. But his whole climb up, he's kicking ass, man. Fucking great. That's And that's what I love about Evo and the FGCs, man. I love them so much for that reason. Uh, it's, it's just a different crowd. It's just when you get one person who hypes people up. I mean, I've seen like Street Fighter tournaments held in like gym like gymnasium like gym halls like on inside boxing arenas but the tv's in the arena and like the one dude's like talking mad shit like and he like comes in with his homies like he's got like a boxing robot and stuff and and he's like got hype music and he rolls up and he's got like a whole entourage (laughs) and you're like this shouldn't be but he throws any any like granny takes out his like his his fight stick pad he's like plugs it like throws the flips it up in the air catches it i'm like dude it's (laughs) like that doesn't like that pageantry is so good it's so good and it like the crowd goes wild for it and you're like and like you know like that that goes beyond and being like all right there there are nerds right and like they're they're forced to forced to like put up dukes and then there's that guy who's like my like and it gets inside the other person's head like that sort of stuff can get inside the other person's head, and i love it i love that stuff uh it's so good and, and we it's need so more good. of it we need more of it like that. And it, it's so, and it does. It make you get, like, I, I believe, truly believe that FGC's people have personal favorites just because of the way they act. And even if they're heels or not heels or like, they're like, it's just people like, Oh, I love this. Like, even if they're not like first place winners, they're like, I love them just the way like he talks to the crowd and all that stuff. And that, and that makes all the difference. And that's why people like like FGCs and like not like I won't even say like Evo personally, like just all FGCs. You know, it's it's that sort of stuff that makes it like really fun to watch. And you know, we want more, I want more of that. I, I I can't wait for all this to be over in the world so that it can happen again. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I I feel like it's like it's 
this feels really petty to say because it is bad. The scandal that came out about, uh, came out about Evo last year. Like, yeah, that, that shit sucked, and I'm not a fan of it happening. And I wish it didn't. And like blah blah blah. Not to not to mitigate awful abuses of power and stuff, but also like the worst thing. Not the worst thing, but no, it's not at all the worst thing. But like a bad thing that came out of that that I still mourn is that we didn't get to see the Evo tournament that was run entirely online so that people could shit on the fighting games that have terrible netcode. Because I don't know mm-hmm. if you heard about this, but like they, they people were talking about how they can't actually run a legitimate Smash 4 ter- or Smash Ultimate tournament. Like it can't be done because internet connections are so spotty. And because of how uh, Smash does the tournament, um, mm-hmm. because of how Smash works with online play, the match doesn't just end if someone disconnects. Uh, one player just gets replaced with a fucking bot. So it would be entirely possible if they actually ran Smash Ultimate online that a bot would win Evo. Sounds sounds right. I I, I know they tried doing a Smash tournament, but Nintendo put the stop to it because they were going to use... Uh, and outside, uh, for, like, I can't remember what it was called, like uh, Flippy. Uh, so or what? It, so what it was? What it was was uh, Slippy's. Uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, it was Slippy's netcode fix. Yep. Um, he actually came up with a way to fix the netcode and make the game playable online without atrocious fucking netcode. And Nintendo's answer was, to, Nintendo's answer to this was, well, this is hacking the game, so you can't. Mm-hmm. And it's the same as, like, uh, I don't know if you heard about that happening with Street Fighter V. Yeah. Yeah, where uh, someone, someone fucking released a patch for Street Fighter V's online that made it actually really good. Uh, he d- it took him two days. He said, it took me two days. All but 30 minutes of that was just reverse engineering the code to get in. If the code was open source, I could have done it in 30 minutes. It took no effort at all <laughs> your game up. And uh, Capcom's right. res- response was to update Street Fighter V to break that patch and then add in slightly improved netcode that's still way worse than when that patch was working, and ban and threatened to ban anyone who used it. I don't that I don't get. It's so uh, I, so recently uh, a player of GTA Online like was just tired of the long load times for GTA Online. So he was like, screw it, I'm going to fix it. And he did. He found what was wrong, made a patch, and fixed it. And yeah, and like Chili just said, someone fixed Grand Theft Auto Online code because the founder was missing a couple digits. Rockstar decided to make it. Yeah, Rockstar paid, like, so Rockstar has a, a bug hunter, uh, like, a, like a bounty hunter for catching bugs for like exploits. And they, since that fixed, the long ass load times so much like de- like cutting the time back a lot. If you've, and I've played GTA online and you could go, you could easily go eat dinner and come back and then be locked into the game. <laughs> That's how long it took. So the fact that that it now it's like pretty like, like maybe sec, you know, versus like five, 10 minutes to get into the game. Now it's just like, all right, cool. It's like a minute, which is great. Cause it's still loading the entire world, but it's like a minute. And they fix it. They gave him ten, you know, they gave him ten thousand dollars for finding it and fixing that. And and they're like, thank you, thank you for fixing that. I feel like more game companies should look at like if somebody's fixing your game, don't punish them, right? Like 
look at what they did and be like, all right, that's a great fix. Thank you. Uh, so, and like, hey, everybody, this person such and such from our community fixed our game. Uh, we're going to implement that. We're, we're going to cha- do a thing, do a check, and, uh, you know, we're going to implement his patch. It worked. Or their patch. And thank you. Uh, and here's some free swag or whatever. And like that, then that person's hailed as a savior and then the company looks great. I don't like when they do like, oh, we're going to break your thing and then make our thing worse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, to me, the whole, like the real problem with it, like the biggest thing with it is what it really showcases to me is how non-monolithic these companies actually are. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Yep. Because I'll hear a lot of people talk about like, they talk about these different companies like they're all one thing. Like, well, Capcom X or Sony X. But it's like, in the case of Capcom, like, the the breadth of responses to this kind of thing are fucking absurd. Because that was their response with the Street Fighter V thing, right? Uh, you were just talking about Monster Hunter Rise. Did you know that a lot of the changes in Monster Hunter Rise that are new to that started as mods on Monster Hunter World on PC? Yeah. They looked at that. They said, that's awesome. We're going to do it. That's still Capcom. You look at uh, Devil May Cry 5, um, the, what's it, the special edition for it on the PS5, right? Yeah. And the specific way they did LDK mode, there are rooms in that that are identical to a fan-made LDK mod that existed way before that. So it seems to me, at least, very obvious that they looked at that, said, that's a good idea, and we'll just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just it just feels to me like the problem is less it's the companies and more. I feel like what it is is over the whole video game industry, there's probably like a total of 80 people that are just should not be making the should not be at the level <laughs> of decision making that they're allowed to be at. You know what I mean? Uh, that's probably right. <laughs> I like across the entirety of the industry globally. I think there's like 80 people that if you just moved those 80 people, I'm not even saying like fire those 80 people. Right. But like, I think that if your project lead, the call that he makes is we're going to make a patch that we made our own version of this online fix. That is worse than the one this dude put out for free. And then we're going to threaten to ban anyone that uses the one that this dude put out for free. I think that guy should not be project lead anymore. I think he should be doing something else. Yeah. Yep. So do we still wanna do we still wanna talk about because we had this had come up at one point just before we went live. Do we still want to talk about uh the Sony thing? Sony Japan? Yeah, we we can we can touch on it. Like Sony Japan, uh, like Sony itself shut down their Japan studios, uh, and 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 their quote was an effort to further strengthen business operations. Sony Interactive Entertainment can confirm PlayStation Studios Japan will will be reorganized into a new organization on April first. Japan Studio will be recentered to Team Asobi, the creative team behind Astro's Playroom, allowing the team to focus on a single vision and build on the populator of Astro's Playroom. Uh, and then Gavin Moore, the, the guy who was behind the, like the director of the P, uh, PS5 Demon Souls remake, which anybody and everybody who's played that remake see how great of a remake that was. Uh, after 24 years at Sony and 18 of those in Japan, yesterday was my last day of, at hashtag Japan Studio. I will miss the great creative spirit and the camaraderie of the studio that was a huge part of my lifetime to seek out new and exciting opportunities. What a bummer. Like, <laughs> what? 
I Man. know I know Sony is killing it on the console front. Like people want clearly want the PlayStation Five. I'm hunting for one. I've, I'm I'm tr- I'm in a few discords and I can see like the the want that's outside the scalpers, like the people who legitimately want one for these games. That's the kind of guy you want on your in your your back pocket, right? Like he could take your old games and like, hey, can you remake this for us? And we we would think it would be great on the PS5. And you did such a great job on Souls. Well, because they they didn't just do that one. There was another one they did a bit before that, didn't they? Yeah, they they did a lot. Japan Studio did a lot of games, and now it's gone. And now they're—I don't know why they're focusing up on Astro's Playroom. I know Astro's Playroom was free, and a lot of people liked it, but they're like, oh, "Okay, we're gonna like double down on this." At like, I don't know if they're gonna just double down and make really fun platformers again, but that doesn't make sense. Like, I I I don't. I'm not against it, but it seems like a weird thing. I don't, I don't mean like everything they've done. I mean specifically. I thought that they did a remake of a different game before Demon Souls that was also like they fucking knocked it out of the park with it. But I can't remember what game it was. Was it uh were they the Shadow of the Colossus people? They did Ico and Shadow of the Colossus remakes, yep. Yeah, yeah. Like man, like how many fucking Sony games are there that haven't had updates or haven't had been touched since the PS3, the PS2? That you could be fucking like fuck, man. Just have them. You you could have had them put the Metal Gear Solid games onto a platform that people can actually play. Do you know how hard it is? That shit's considered one of the most iconic series in the whole fucking industry. How do you play Metal Gear Solid Three legally right now? Do you know? They're gone now. It's <laughs> it's, it's gone. Yeah. I hope you're going to get it on the PS3 store before they shut that down. <sighs> that's, that's the place you can get it. There's yeah. no PC port of 3. So your ways to play Metal Gear Solid 3 legally are find a 3DS copy or get the Metal Gear Solid HD collection on the fucking PS3. And that's it. If you don't have discs, you don't have shit. And that's, that's fucking nonsense. Sony could just fucking, like, fuck, look how good they did with Demon Souls. Though I guess that if you do that, you run the risk of having twin snakes happen again. But, like, <laughs> but also, I don't think anyone at Konami gives a shit, that's still at Konami, gives a shit about that. No, I'm, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for them to sell. Like, I, I don't, I. They're not gonna. I know they won't. They're stubborn. They're, <laughs> they're just stubborn. They're making more money now than they ever have. I know it's that's why they're stubborn. Like they don't they don't care. I know that all they care about is the bottom line. Like they'll they'll never produce what they used to produce because they, all they care about is just oh the the number at the bottom is going bigger, so we'll just keep doing this, which is just you know mobile games and stuff like that, which is very sad. It's, it's just gambling. It's, yeah. They're they're going all in on mobile games and pachinko yeah. machines, mm-hmm. and it's working, which is kind of sad and pathetic. But it uh, but at the same time, I will say. Like, there is a silver lining to it, and that silver lining is that we got bloodstained. And have you seen that fucking interview with Igarashi about bloodstained, where he was talking about, like, he was really depressed because when he left Konami, he had the pitch for bloodstained just ready to go, and he shopped around the entire industry, like, all of the fucking video game industry, every company he could get to return his calls. And like, all right, here's the idea I have. Here's the pitch I have. Here's the like little demo promotional material shit that I have put together. I want to make this game. And 
every single company said, we're not interested. Yep. We're not interested. We don't want to make this. This isn't going to sell. And he had that moment where he's like, am, am I just like irrelevant? Am I a dinosaur? Do people not want the things that I want to make anymore? And that's when he went to Kickstarter. And like, that was apparently like, we never would have had the moment that, that Igarashi got to go to Kickstarter and see just how beloved he and all of the games he's made are. If it weren't for the fact that Konami were assholes. Yeah. You know? Yep. And also, I'm going to make a real controversial statement here. Bloodstained is better than Castlevania. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, I've, I've played Bloodstained. It, Castlevania is classic, right? Like you can't, but you can make a better Castlevania. Right. But you can't take away like the historical value. I, I, I always believe that like you can make a bet like I, you can make a better Mario game. Right. Like Mario, like Nintendo does Mario games. But are, are there better 3D platformers out there? Yeah, for real. There are, you know, they've there's pl- people that like because they've been there has been shitty Mario games uh, it, like just how like uh, there's been shitty Legend of Zelda games. Right. Like like, like Zelda's dropped the ball or um, Nintendo's dropped the ball before. Uh so the, yeah, of course. Like, th- things can always be better. Bloodstain is a better Castlevania, you know, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm I'm very much okay with that. So. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I want to be clear. I don't even mean in the just in the context of it being a better version of Castlevania. I mean, like, I think on its own merits, it's oh yeah, better as mm-hmm. a setting, as a concept. I like it a lot better. Uh, like, I love Castlevania. Don't get me wrong. I'm not shitting on Castlevania here, but Bloodstained is fucking amazing. Bloodstained's whole gimmick of it's like, hey, why is this game even happening, right? It's like, hey, if we have a new Castlevania game, why is it happening? It's because Dracula. It's always because Dracula. No matter what the context, the situation, it's it's Dracula. It's because Dracula. And like with Bloodstained, you go in and it's like, why is this happening? Who the fuck knows? Eldritch bullshit. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. It's like when I played the messenger and I was like, Oh, this, this game is just like, you know, a classic, you know, I'm trying to think of the name of it. It's uh, Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Ninja Gaiden. It is like a classic Ninja Gaiden, but it's self-aware. It's very irreverent. There's comedy in it. I'm like, this is good. Like this is what Ninja Gaiden could be in, in the, in the, the years that we live now. <laughs> and I, I like that. I like that people are going back and, and recreating, uh, the the genres that are famous and doing them doing them on its own merits and and so, like taking what they those games did and learning from them and doing a better with better tech so it 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 shows like a lot of these games were were very much like had weird like Castlevania had limitations on like it had to be difficult because the game was you know relatively short right like we could look at speedrunning dot you know whatever the the speedrunning uh, website is speedrunning.net I think and look at the times and then like given a better chance with better tech and and more space on those carts could they have done more yeah absolutely uh so you know so I have a statement that's going to sound nonsensical but I promise I can justify it Neo is the new Metal Gear. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the series NIOH, to be clear. 
Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I know it's a homonym with like the main character from The Matrix, but I mean that <laughs> yeah. specifically. Uh, that is the new Metal Gear. So here's the logic, right? Metal Gear began on the MSX, and I say Metal Gear, not Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear began on the MSX. Kojima was told, hey, make a shooter game. But he was given a console that didn't have the tech to, be, to make a shooter game in the sense that people wanted, basically. There was no way to do, like, Contra on the MSX. It did not have the capability to run that. So he was like, I don't really even want to make a shooter game. I like movies. I want to make something that's, like, kind of like a movie I would like, right? So he made a stealth. Neo, I don't know any of this. This is all my suspicions. Um, but I'm also very familiar with both games, so I feel confident I'm correct on this. Neo is a game that someone at Tecmo Koei, someone really high up, said, all right, here's the deal. Souls make big money. We need make Souls game. Mm -hmm. Team Ninja, Team Ninja will make Souls game. And Team Ninja said, we want to make Ninja Gaiden, though. Like, it's been a really long time since we made a Ninja Gaiden. We want to make a Ninja Gaiden, though. And they were like, no, you will make Souls game. And Team Ninja went, okay, sure, we'll make a Souls game. Definitely. And so what they made was a Ninja Gaiden game that has a stamina bar. <laughs> Souls game. <laughs> totally a Souls game. It has a stamina bar. When you die, you lose, like, stuff. Yeah. There's stats. Uh-huh, it's a Souls game. Souls game. And then you get your hands on it, and you play against any of these bosses, and you look at any of these designs, and you do any of this gameplay, and you're like, this is not a Souls game. Nope. This is not a Souls game. Souls games don't have fucking super moves. You can't do an Azuna drop in Dark Souls. No, it would have made my life a little bit easier in some of the parts of Dark Souls. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Dude, oh yeah, I forgot that you got your ass beat by Dark Souls. You should play Code Vein, because Code Vein... <laughs> Okay, so here's the way it works, right? I am very familiar with this entire fucking genre because I have a problem. Mm -hmm. um, if you want good story, you play Code Vein. If you want good gameplay, you play Neo. Those are the two. Those are the two that you need in that genre. It's... You can fucking ditch Dark Souls. Who gives a fuck about Dark Souls? <laughs> Code Vein, Neo. Those are the two. I, uh... is like the tragedy in the world to me. Not the story in the game itself, but the story of the game's existence. Because that game was set to come out in September of, I think it was 20, it was either 2017 or 2018. It was a year before it actually came out. It was set to come out. And then they demoed it at a convention, and the feedback they got was, this game fucking sucks. And they went, all right, we're going to postpone it an entire the fuck year to make it not suck. And they fucking killed it. And I went in on that game. I saw the promotional materials. I pre-ordered that game. I played the demo. Like, I was 100% on board from more than a year before that game ever came out. I saw, like, two fucking pictures of concept art. I heard the pitch, and I was like, I'm on board. I like vampires. Let's do it. Fuck it, right? Yep. And I went into that game expecting that it would be an aesthetic I like, that it would be gameplay I tolerate, and that it would be okay but that the aesthetic would carry it. I'd get to play as a vampire. Fuck it, right? That is not what Code Vein is. Code Vein seems 
Like, it is just that. Like, it seems like it's like, eh, whatever, you know, it's all right. It's fine. Whatever. It's mediocre. It It is very honest about, like, it's, you know, it's whatever. And then you play Code Vein. And there are some really shining moments in the early game. Uh, one cutscene with Louis, especially, is like fucking heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. Um, but like all through this point, you're like, this game's all right. It's fine. It, it's very. It's wearing on its sleeve that it's a Souls game, and the enemy designs aren't really that great, and the music's kind of okay, and like the writing is all right. But like you know, it's nothing special. And then there is a moment where you fight a boss and you beat the boss. And the game goes, hey, do you want to press this fucking... Do you want to press yes on this prompt we're giving you to go to this optional thing and just make the game good? And just the game will just be good? Like, suddenly, like, fucking walking through a door, everything is incredible. And from that moment forward, the game goes from, like, a 6 to a 10 forever. (laughs) Everything is better. And the further in that game you go, the better it gets from that point. It ends on the fucking highest goddamn note and every single fucking person i know except two stopped before that point fucking brohammet is at that boss fight and well i can't get that motherfucker to keep playing with me and it's pissing me off because it's like it's not even that far in like when i replayed the game i got there in fucking six hours uh what you can do is try to get him to suggest a uh, a community vote on his stream. Just and, rate the vote, super. Yeah, and then uh, use channel. Uh, tell me, like channel points to to vote for it. Like uh, we got Chili to learn flying in Final Fantasy that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it does work. It can't absolutely work. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> And until he says, I'll vote for it. So if you can, uh, can get, uh, him to get, to allow that. And then like, it, it has to be like a ridiculous number, but it worked like it was like a hundred thousand for Chile. But we, every day people slammed the, the, the highest amount, like to get in there. Uh, yeah, man. uh, <laughs> uh, I, I know, um, I know for us, I know, like Susan has said, like Code Vein is on the giant to-do list of games for Quentin and I. the The problem is, is that the multiplayer in those games isn't the greatest for mult, like for streaming. Like we wouldn't care, but like the fact that we'd have to do bosses twice and run through zones twice sucks. Like we we kind of wish, like, all right, if we both can save our progress right before the boss fight, doing a boss fight twice is fine. But it's having to go through all the entire zone again with another person to get to that boss fight is kind of a pain. Um, so, so here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about it with uh, Code Vein specifically. This is this is what sets it apart from the rest of the genre. Uh, one, there is no limit to the co-op whatsoever. It's okay. not like in Dark Souls where there is a consumable item that you have to use, and if you run out of them, you're just fucked. Right. Okay. Uh, two, there is no PvP. Three, the game is way the fuck easier than Dark Souls. Way the fuck easier. And three, once you know the zone, Mm. it's trivial to just blast through it. And because you both get equal XP from going through it, like you'll both get all the full rewards from doing it once, and the game is balanced around you doing a zone, like if you get one and a half times the XP that you would get 
basically, you're fine. You can just coast through the whole game. You don't have to ever stop and grind ever at any point. And okay. it's balanced around that idea. Basically, what you can do is you can do a zone and then just blast through it. Like, you can just run to the fucking end on the other person. And as long as you're picking up the uh, important collectible items, you're fine. Okay. That that might change things then. Because I think our, our downside with Dark... It, it, Dark Souls is fun. Like, we both agree that, like, would we have played the game one without our, our guide, which was... Uh, heals you no and two did we learn a lot from it yeah i i actually enjoy the genre now that i like like i actually went out i was like oh okay i'll i'll buy some uh games like i got a uh, mortal shell because i was like oh that's interesting like it's a souls game but i kind of like the concept of you're like a uh, like you're just wearing meat suits essentially <laughs> and every like meat suit it has different abilities so um, I was down for that. It's like, and it, you could pet the cat. It's kind of neat. Like I kind of dig it. Yeah, um, for sure. And <laughs> meat suit, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, all right. And then there's, uh, the sh- shooting one remnant, uh, which is probably the one I would suggest for our, our stream because it count like, like teamed up. It counts like boss fight, fights count like all the progress we can keep going through with one another. Um, and that would be good. That would yeah. be good. I'd say. Yeah. So there are like, like different things. Oh yeah. And you can, you can learn loot in uh mortal co- or mortal shell. Uh, uh, if it, if it helps, uh, by the way, you can totally do that with Neo two as well. Oh, you can learn a loot. No, <laughs> oh. no, no. Uh, Neo 2, there's three different ways to do missions, and one of them is expeditions, which are cooperative, and you have to go in from the start as an expedition, to be clear. Um, But what that means is that you functionally can't lose, and when you complete it, both people in the expedition have completed the mission. Okay. And there are a handful of missions that you can't do as expeditions, but none of them are story missions. They're all like weirdo optional missions that are like, well, this is meant to kick your ass, so you can't bring people in with you. Yeah. Interesting. But also, right. Neo 2 is fucking hard, so I don't know how you guys are going <laughs> to. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing. I mean, we're f- like, it's like, we, we like a challenge, but I think right now we're just going through, you know, Diablo 1, which is challenging on its own. Like, we've, we've made it harder for ourselves on our own terms. So, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, in Diablo 1 can you use fists and fucking uppercut a demon into the next goddamn dimension no not till Diablo 2 well yes technically monk if you played Inferno but then we can't play Inferno multiplayer which sucks but we are playing through it so but once we get to 2 we'll be because the remake of 2 is coming out so then we'll we'll uppercut demons into are you sure it's the remake of 2 and not the reforging of 2 reforging it is reforged yeah so. Oh boy, I'm looking forward to hearing how they fuck this one up. Uh, they won't. Uh, so, uh, you know the team that was behind uh, Crash, the uh, Insane Trilogy, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2? Yeah. Uh, so, Activision was like, hey, you guys are really good at, at uh, remaking games. Uh, you now work for Blizzard, and now you handle all the remakes. <laughs> and... 
boy, are they meticulous because they went as far as getting uh, old hard drives that nobody uses in old servers and looking at that stuff and being like, oh, hey, those white dots at, uh, in villages, those are garlic. So we made them look like actual garlic. Uh, that's how meticulous they are. They went as far as like looking at art, like old drawings they found on people's hard drive. Like, and I'm talking about old hard drives, safe, like old, like you know, when 500 gigabytes was big. So, so uh, it's in good hands. Like the team doing it is in good hands, and Blizzard isn't touching it. So, uh, well, then shit. Maybe they'll do something right for once. Yeah. Well, they're trying. <laughs> it's like when they hired the guy who fixed uh gears uh for uh three uh, for Microsoft they hired him to write the ship for Diablo after Diablo 3 failed. So I you know, they're trying. There's other things that they're doing that I don't like, but they're doing other things that I say is okay. Uh I don't know, it's like it's like when I learned who really screwed Microsoft and screwed all those games we wanted on the last console that they put out was really, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, not Phil Spencer, but, um, damn, what is his name? Phil Harrison. Phil Harrison is the guy who screwed over Microsoft. I didn't know this until I learned later on. Phil Harrison, uh, is bad. Uh, did you know that Phil Harrison is bad at uh, knowing how video game business should work safe? And was like, hey, we our console is going to work with cable. And uh, that's a thing. And I was like, this doesn't seem like a console thing that should be needed. And also, we're going to tell companies that we buy that they're closing because I don't know how to handle uh, video game businesses. Because uh, apparently he didn't know how money works with video games. So, like they, they cost money. And he thought them costing money was a bad thing. <laughs> uh, and like, you know, because development can cost money. Say, if we both know this, like video games cost money to make. And he figured, you know, if they're not coming out, then they're losing money. <laughs> uh, which upset a lot of you, me, and a lot of other people that wanted certain games to come out that never did. Uh, so do you know where he works now? Uh, Phil Harrison? I I mean I barely know who the dude is. Where's uh, he, where he at now? So Phil Harrison is the reason why a lot of those games that you were hoping that would come out from uh, for Xbox. So Scalebound. Uh, yes. So Phantom Dust. Yes. Phil Harrison's the reason why a lot of those closed down. Uh, I, I'll get I'll, I'll tell you where he is now, and then you'll the, it, it will clear up a lot of the bad blood. I think for, it cleared up a lot of bad blood for me. Uh, he works now. And he he runs Stadia. <laughs> Oh, good. He's in yeah. the where he belongs. Yes. Yeah. Um. It's nice. It's very nice that uh, he dug an open grave and chose to lie in it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when I, and I, I believe his leaving of my, uh, Microsoft. Uh, yeah, so Chili's like he worked at Sony when PS3 launched. And we know how well that went. <laughs> so, wow. So this man's just literally like poison for everything he touches. A little bit. Yeah. yeah a little bit. He's uh, just the guarantee that you lose that generation. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is he the reason why uh, fucking the Xbox naming convention is fucking atrocious, though? Because I don't think he's probably responsible no, I, for I don't, that I don't, shit. I, I don't think he's responsible for that. Uh, I, although I say Series X and S are probably better than whatever they had. Like, pr- like what is it? Xbox 
Xbox One. Like that was that's probably him. Xbox One X Series X. X yeah. Xbox One X Series S. Yeah. Dude, like do you know that like there are cases where there's some stores where people are getting the completely wrong ones because the name in the system is too long? Oh yeah. Yeah. So it uh, just cuts off the end of it. Yeah, now, now people are just calling Xbox X and Xbox S. And I'm like, that's an easier, you know. So <laughs> I'm, easy, I'm I'm fine with that. I remember the Xbox S all digital or the Xbox set. I, you know what? I, I, I understand, but like, like Quentin and I said uh, like last year, like if it's a console that's affordable enough for a family that, you know, going through some tough times with COVID probably could afford that. Especially because the the pay pay monthly for credit edition was so cheap, and it gave you the two years of Game Pass and live included. Like it wasn't a bad deal. Like I think if I had, if I was a fam, like if I was like a father and I had kids, and I wanted to get them, they what or the, the it's a different one. There's what like you, four SKUs of Xbox on the market right now, man. Yeah, well, there's the the two older consoles and the two newer consoles. Because the Xbox S, like the current, like the little white one, is what I would suggest. Like, a fa- like I know it's not great because the hard drive is full, but I, I'm thinking like, all right, well, if it got a family who's in need of entertainment and uh, like a grandmother bought them something that she could afford... They had an if Xbox. Sony would just fucking produce enough PS5s, they're the same price point. It's true. I mean, but <laughs> you can get digital Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Uh, One of these also, is actually available. Yeah. Uh, but it also had an S for some reason. I don't, yeah, Chile, I don't know. I, I can't tell you their naming conventions. All I'm saying, and this is definitely my opinion and not that of Maelstrom Radio for any lawyers listening, uh, is that we need to shoot scalpers on site. Uh, well, yep, yeah, that's not our, <laughs> our lawyer would say, no, don't say that. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, yep, that's not our opinion. Don't, what you can do though, is build a bot that, uh, forces their, uh, eBay listings to go higher and then never pe- buys it. And therefore they have to relist over and then your bot does it again. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's against eBay terms of service, but you know, you know, I call it civil disobedience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw somebody on, uh, uh, there's another website that does like scalper sales and I, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give this site out, but, uh, somebody on uh, one of the PlayStation, like drop discords I'm on went to those sites and caused all the bids to go super high. Like he put in like ridiculous amounts and, uh, didn't buy them uh and took all of his payments off of it so when it went through and he also uh blacklisted the site on his on his through his bank already so that it just in case it did it would it would reject the the price and said now it's locked all those uh uh, playstation from selling on that site because now it's locked in at that bid so so, i was like that's genius that's fucking amazing yeah that's fuck those fucking people yeah my favorite one was the guy because I was trying really hard to get a Switch for a really long time last year. Because I was like, oh, I got a stimulus check. I have money. I could actually get a Switch like I've been wanting forever, right? Mm-hmm. And I decided to get a Switch 
two days after every single Switch in North America had sold out. <sighs> yeah. Um, and I remember seeing the guy who went through Craigslist and contacted every single one of the local scalpers that were trying to sell Switches and told them all to meet him at the same place in the same time and just didn't go. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And, like, they all texted him. They're like... <laughs> Absolute legend. Yeah. Uh, we need more people like that in the world. We need people like that. We need less yeah. people like... Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just want to say, I'm not going to be doing that level of bullshit to try to get a PS5 because that shit was fucking irritating as hell. But uh, if if you ever notice that the PS5 is available and not like a pain in the ass, could you let me know? Absolutely, you got it. <laughs> if not, I if I ever find play, one, yeah, I'm not going to play fighting the bot game, dude. It's inevitable. Uh, it's the, inevitable. I will say the only site, the only only site that's handling. Well, I would say the two, but the one doesn't get stocked that often. Um, the one site I trust more than any other site is Sony themselves because they have a, uh, you log in, like you get to their site, they make you wait until the drop happens and then you go into a queue, right? You have no control. Like there's no bot situation. You just go into a queue and then like, Hey, we have one available. You have 10 minutes to purchase it, right? You can log, then you have to actually log in with your PlayStation account to even make the purchase. And then you can make the purchase. If they run out, they say, hey, we're sorry. No more for the day. Try again. And sometimes they do. Like last week, they didn't have any drops. So this week, they might have three drops. They might do like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And, and it's okay, just random. Should. So okay, If you want to at me on Discord at some point. Yeah, sure. Uh, and, and I'm lucky because Susan is a great partner. Uh, besides being a great producer, uh, logs in for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, and also sits in sits in that line and waits. So just in case, uh, yeah, PlayStation setup is definitely the least hectic. It really is. Like targets, in the, like you just have to wake up and be awake for Target if they do a drop, and you have to be online and ready for Target uh, before they drop. But it's it's a pain in the ass. It's you know, and it sucks because I'm like I want to play the DLC that's only specific to the PlayStation Five for Final Fantasy VII Remake, and that's shitty. But all right, I got it. If that's what I got to do. Then. Yeah, that's fair. Honestly, my my opinion of Final Fantasy VII Remake, having not yet played it because it's on the list, I dude. The only reason I have it is because they put it on PS Plus. Uh, but like my my opinion of the Final Fantasy VII Remake having not yet played it, is I want to punch things because I like punch things. I like yeah. punching in video games. I'm a big fan of punching. Tifa punch. Tifa punch. I've heard it feels good to punch as Tifa. And it if does. that's true, then I, I want. Uh, and also, I don't know why they decided that all these PS1 model chicks need to be hot as hell, but they decided that all these PS1 model chicks needed to be turned into fucking hot as hell characters. Yep. So I'm on board. Fuck it. That's cool. I like that. I, I can say that the combat in, in Seven Remake is very good. Like very, very, like every character, it feels like a, having played 15, I feel that this was the better route and I, I see what they're doing with 16's combat and I, and I hope that they model after Remake because that feels like a Final Fantasy game. Like if I was like, okay, I see what they're doing and it feels like, Mana feels good. Summoning feels good. Like it feels like a Final Fantasy game that with, that's action based, and that's I'm okay with that. Like I'm very I legitimately would, okay with that. 
That is a big compliment because I loathe fifteens everything. And it's, it's a combat night and day, night and day difference. Night and day difference in combat. Because to me, you're either grading FF15 on gameplay as an RPG where it fails, or you're grading it as an action game where it really fails. Mm-hmm. I, seven handled RPG and action and, and did it well, like really well. And I, I don't know if it's because, you know, who was working on it. It was just like, cause of kingdom hearts or I, I don't, it, I couldn't tell you, but they did it and they did it really well. Like, like I said, like summoning works well, ma- uh, magic works well. The fact that it slows down time to give you like a second, like, okay, I can think a little bit about like casting this and, and doing this and making sure I'm selecting the right person. Like, it doesn't feel like you have to make things on the fly. Like with 15, um, like fi- I know 15 had that slowdown as well, but like seven, just it felt smooth. It felt so much smooth. It just, 15 is a great tech. De- exact. Grimhelm nailed it. It's it's a great tech demo for what Remake is. Like, they were like, hey, we fucked up here. Po- uh, let's polish it for 7 Remake. <laughs> so my, my whole problem with 15 is that you can hold down square and waggle the right stick and win. Uh, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> uh, you can't do that in, in 7 Remake. Good. That's no. all I care about. Yeah, there actually is some strategy. There actually is some strategy to even, like, switching between people, too. Like, you don't always want to stay on cloud, right? You want to switch to Tifa and you want it. Cause you like, and when you switch, you get faster uh, gauge, right? Cause you're on, you're actively using them. So your gauge fills up faster. So like, like they made smart choices. Like it makes you force yourself to using other people. Tifa feels great. Tifa's super fast and punching with Tifa is great, you know? And it, it works different than Barrett. Barrett is long range and like his shooting, although like can get you some good, hits and like some strong hits he runs out of ammo and he has to recharge that ammo and that makes sense because he has a gun <laughs> like i'm like it all makes sense like it all checks out i'm like this genius like it works really well so i am interested to see how they do my favorite edgelord then oh uh, same yeah vincent yep uh that's why i want to try out uh for yuffie because i want to see how yuffie feels and like so uh we'll catch up a chat real quick and i think we'll we'll call it a night uh chili says it will be interesting to see how 16 goes they got a combat designer from dmc and dragon's dogma hopefully good <laughs> like dmc's combat was great so uh there is a turn-based mode which will be getting a harder mode in the new version of 7 remake all right i'm i'm down for that i like i like the idea of a turn-based mode uh and then grimhelm says i hate that Dragon's Dogma and DMC Five got linked for uh, linked for Switch. You want DMC Five published? Our broken game first. Hey, Dragon's Dogma is great. Yeah, it's not bad. Dragon's Dogma is great, and it's awful, and it's both of those things. Uh, yeah, I I, I want a sequel. I, I think they could do better on the sequel. Like most of Capcom games, is always better on the second the second go around. They're like, we learned what yeah. we did bad. Yeah, Devil May Cry Two is great. Yeah, we won't we, we we won't talk about that other Devil May Cry game. Yeah, we won't talk about Devil May Cry two, the sequel. It's interesting that they went straight from one to three. Yeah. Sometimes, um, sometimes you got a double learn save. Sometimes you're like, "Hey, this is good," and then you're like, "Oh, I see you. I see. You, I see you made some choices. <laughs> some some poor decisions were made. Some yeah. wrong people were listened to." Yeah, it happens. Uh, uh, 
one last thought I want yeah. to put out before we before before we're closing down. I I know the odds of this actually reaching anyone for whom this would matter are slim, but I want to say it anyway. Dear God, someone please port Ace Combat Zero to a platform I can buy it on. I just <laughs> want to replay it, and I don't want to emulate it on PS2. Holy fuck, that game is so good. They gave me Ace Combat 5 on PS4 because I bought 7. Just give me 0, you fucks. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that'll reach anybody. But hey, Chili, <laughs> if you know anybody. <laughs> Listen, if I'm given a single chance to call that out into the void, I'm doing it. I, I bitched and complained and whined about a certain statue getting resold and then it happens. And I don't know that it's my fault that it happened, but it certainly didn't hurt that I complained for it. It's weird that, Oh wait, it says ACE combat skies unknown seven is on Microsoft windows. Is that, did it come out in PC? Oh yeah, no, it's simul released on a uh, PS4, Xbox and steam. Okay. It's really good. I they really recommend it. They just haven't released the older games yet. Oh, I wonder. They I wonder. Have not. I wonder if they'll ever. Well, well we so could talk, we could talk if, about twenty minutes about like remakes. On so, so if you pre-order, if you pre seven on the PS PS four, uh, you get Ace Combat five for free with it. Okay. And if you pre-ordered seven on the Xbox, you get Ace Combat six for free with it. Ace Combat Zero, Chili. It's the best Ace Combat, though. I don't know. Seven's really fucking good, but story-wise, at least, Zero's untouched. Untouchable. And that soundtrack is god tier. The Ace Combat soundtracks are pretty good. Like, they're they're up there. The stories are crazy as shit, but... <laughs> Fighting to the death to save the world to Spanish guitar is amazing. That's... <laughs> Susan, if you're listening... Uh, somehow fit that as a show title. <laughs> Please, thank you. <laughs> I don't don't know how we would make that work, but fighting to the death to save the world to Spanish guitar. <laughs> I don't. It's pretty long, but I like it. Anyway, all right, Safe. You want to tell people where they can find you and and you know what you've been, you know what you do. I guess. Uh, well, I take writing commissions. And that's the biggest thing that I want people to know is that I'm hilarious. And if you want to pay me to be funny, I will take your money gladly. Uh, and you can find me uh, twitter.com slash Uh I should probably take that account off being private for a bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I'm very good at being funny. It's true. You may not have realized it listening to this podcast, but if I'm given preparation time, Oh, you're great. Yeah, you had like it was a great show. Like I, th- I think we had. A, uh, listen, we went over an hour, and that's rare. Like we don't like we try to show, always shoot for an hour, but I think we had a lot of conversation to talk about. Like so, I don't. I don't at, a, at any point in time, like there wasn't a. Uh, we're coming up on like time, so. Uh, thanks for being here, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. And we'll, we'll eventually do the choose your own adventure. Don't worry, it's happening. It will happen this year. I promise. It'll happen, everyone. Yeah, it will. Uh, so, uh, next Thursday is supposed to be Diablo, but we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to say it's TBD, uh, depending on if, if Quentin's back in time for that. 
but there will be a stream on Thursday, uh, you know, 9 p.m. Eastern. I, I don't know what it'll be. It could be more, uh, you know, hunting with Susan. It could be another ESO stream. I don't know. Um, so thank you all. Uh, oh, I forgot. So uh, we'd love your feedback. Uh, so please uh, reach it out to us on Twitter or on Discord. Um, and if you can, uh, rate us on iTunes. Like, that's a thing. And I, we haven't said that a lot, and, I don't, and that's bad on us. Uh, but that's really important. Like, your rating of us on iTunes, and, and like, that actually is surprisingly very helpful. Like, like or uh, I shouldn't say iTunes, but uh, uh, Apple Podcasts now. That's, it's no, because it's Apple Podcasts. Uh, or I guess depending, I think it's Apple podcasts all over the world, but if, yeah, it's very important that you go like rate us and like leave comments. Uh, so, and if, and if you need to, uh, trick your grandmother into writing a comment about you and how, how you're her favorite grand, uh, you know, you know, grandchild, uh, but put it on our account and then it'll just look weird that you're like, this person's very sweet, <laughs> like, and single. And then like, it'll look weird, but it'll, it'll give us a good review. So. Uh, that's all I got. Uh, and again, safe. Thank you. Uh, and I'm, we'll invite you back and we'll try to, you know, let you figure out how we're going to get to Canada. So, <laughs> Oh, I'm, I mean, you guys are going to figure out how you're going to get to Canada. That's true. I'm just, I'm just there to tell you the results of your terrible decisions. Yeah. Something again, we, we, uh, we asked him to write that for us. So, and we, we paid him. So. Commission him to do things Commission for you. Me. He'll write, write your for you. he'll write your fan fictions for you. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Join Maelstrom Radio live Sundays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern for our podcasts and game streams at twitch.tv forward slash Maelstrom Radio. Our back catalog of podcast episodes are available at maelstromradio.com. You can email us at show at maelstromradio.com. You can tweet us at maelstrom underscore radio. Join our discord at maelstromradio.com forward slash discord. Also look for Maelstrom Radio on Facebook and Instagram. Maelstrom Radio is brought to you by maelstromradio.com and Blackfire Media. Produced by Flattis, Shinter, and Susan Sprinkle. Logo and artwork by Mary K. Larkins at themarylark.com. Show music provided by MDK. Check them out at mdkofficial.bandcamp.com. Views and opinions expressed by our hosts and guests do not reflect the views and opinions of any companies discussed on today's show. Thank you for listening to Maelstrom Radio.